how do you set your rates? Especially if you're new in business, if you're a solopreneur, if you have a service-based business, how do you determine what the value is of what you're offering? And then how do you know how to charge what you're worth? Well, my guest today is going to help you with exactly that. Mark Mawinney is a lifelong entrepreneur who helps coaches get more clients without paid advertising. He achieves this with his coaching programs, his podcasts, Natural Born Coaches, and The Mark Mawinney Show, his Facebook group, The Coaching Jungle, and his exclusive print newsletter, Secret Coach Club. He's been a speaker at events like Social Media Marketing World, frequently makes media appearances, and contributes for Entrepreneur.com. You can learn more about Mark at naturalborncoaches.com, and I'll post that link in the show notes below. You're listening to The Empowered Life with master coach and trainer of NLP, Terry Holland. Breakthrough to the life you deserve. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm excited to learn a bit more about what you do and, and to talk with you a bit about how coaches can charge more of what they're worth. And I thought we'd start with, if you can give us a little bit of background on how you got into coaching. Yeah, so the real, uh, the, to make a really long story short, of course, you could <laughs> talk for hours about it, but uh, my background's in real estate, and I did that throughout my 20s, right out of university, did it for about a decade, and grew a, a big real estate business, everything was going great, and then it collapsed. And um, I had 100 agents and employees at a couple different offices, and, and everything just went kaput. And uh, I didn't know much about coaching until after that, to tell you the truth. And I was helped back to my feet several years later by several coaches and mentors. So when I um, wanted to start a business again in 2014, I thought, you know what, I'm sick and tired of real estate. What can I do? And I thought, hmm, this coaching thing would be kind of cool. And that's how I got started. And here we are today. Awesome. I find that a lot of coaches start that way, that something happens in life that derails them. And they end up getting a coach and that sets them on a new path. I was approached by a coach probably circa 2005, 2006 when coaching wasn't well known. And this is when I was flying high in real estate and I kind of shoot them out of my office. And I thought, (laughs) why do I need, why do I need a coach? Look how well I'm doing. You know, I'm in my twenties full of piss and vinegar. The world's going, everything's going great. Right. And uh, then when everything closed, I was like, man, I wish I could hop on my DeLorean and go back in time because not saying it wouldn't have closed, but I'm guessing that the closure wouldn't have been as messy (laughs) as it was there and stuff. So I kind of learned my lesson because I didn't know anything really about what coaches did there. And I'm like, man, what a waste of money. Why would I hire somebody to coach me? (laughs) And um, I learned my lesson, unfortunately, the hard way, but I wouldn't be talking with you here today had that not happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how was it when you transitioned into coaching? How was that experience? Was it easy for you or did you struggle? Well, I'm grateful for the real estate experience because if I didn't have it, I might have fallen into the trap that so many coaches fall into where they think it's a get rich quick. They think, oh yeah, I'll slap up a website. I'll get clients (laughs) rushing through the door. So when I started real estate, I was 21. I looked about 15 years old. I had no money because I just graduated university. None of my friends were buying or selling houses mm-hmm. and they're in the same boat as me. And um, I just rolled up my sleeves and really worked my tail off for especially the first six months to really get it going. I was priming the pump. So I told myself when I started coaching, I said, you know, this isn't going to be easy, Mark. Just 
take that same approach as with real estate. I put my head down and with everything that I did in those early days, but even, even now I don't get too worked up if I don't get clients coming in on day two. You know, some people are, they start a podcast like, Oh man, I've done three episodes. I haven't got one client yet. It's like, well, <laughs> three episodes. So I'm grateful for my real estate experience because it gave me that discipline and patience, which I, which is needed in any business that you were doing. And that um, helped me wait it out. I just knew, okay, if I'm doing the work, it's going to eventually come. And sure enough, it, it started rolling for coaching. So. Nice. So what would you say to that new coach who's just getting started and maybe they're feeling a little frustrated? Ah, oh, geez. Um, <clears throat> it's difficult online because you know what it's like. You've got thousands of experts telling them that they have to do thousands of things. So totally. uh, first thing I would say is to... Um, don't, don't fall into a trap of subscribing to the million email lists and trying to over-research everything. You'll just get confused and overwhelmed. It Really keep it simple. So even to this day, with uh, I've been doing my business for five, almost five and a half years, I could write my offers on this yellow sticky note. I could still keep them there. I don't want to have a complicated uh, funnel with side cells, back cells, diagonal cells, tripwire, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All this other stuff. I'm like, no, I want to keep it as simple and uncomplicated as possible. So that's what I would suggest. Uh, one tip that I would also suggest, which helps my clients is I have something uh, that I say, focus on the three pillars. And when I say three pillars, I mean, three things, three places where you're getting your clients instead of trying to do a hundred things and not focusing on any one of them. So for my business, for example, the three things are podcasting. That's with my show of natural born coaches and going on shows like yours here. So there's podcasting, there's Facebook, but especially the Facebook group, the coaching jungle uh, is my Facebook group. And then the other way is email marketing and specifically daily emails. So I know if I'm doing podcasting, Facebook, the Facebook group um, and daily emails, I'm good. But I don't try to do every single thing that I could possibly do. And I focus on those three things, which I enjoy doing, and I'm consistent with them. So I would say try some different things, but then uh, narrow down and focus on just a few things that you enjoy doing and can work for you, and then put all your energy into that. That's great advice. And I think you nailed it on the head when you said doing it consistently. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of coaches, we try something once, if it doesn't work right away, we try something different and we're constantly looking for something new. So that's really important to hear, I think. Yeah. Well, email, for example, before I started doing daily emails, I started daily emails in April of 2016, but the two years before that, I got very little from my email marketing. It was just crickets. And I was almost ready to kill my email account, Aweber. I thought this isn't working. I'm going to focus <laughs> on what's working. And then I had a guest on my podcast who was a big proponent of daily emails and he kind of talked me into it. I said, oh, I'm going to give it a whirl. 30 days, I'm going to just not worry about the results. I'm just going to do it. And that was, um, I don't know, 1,200, 1,300 days ago. I've never missed a day, you know. So uh, if I was doing it the, the way like most people do it once a week, once every two weeks, twice a week or whatever, I wouldn't be getting the same results from email. So. Wow. I think that's amazing. And I'm on your list and I enjoy getting your emails oh, thank so have, you. for myself. When I think about sending a daily email though, I have a little bit of a <gasps> feeling of, so you don't have like a little voodoo doll of Mark that you're poking whenever I'm in. in the, not at all. Not at all. I love reading them. It, it gets easier as time goes on. So I think the big key though, as you notice with mine, they're not written in uh, typical internet marketing speak where there's, 
um, arm twisting, false scarcity type things. I'll tell a story or a lesson, whatever I want people to hear. And then I transition to a real quick and easy call to action. I'll say, by the way, I go over this in greater detail in module two of my whatever program, check it out here, something like that. So I've had people who have never bought from me, but they still get something from those emails. Now, that being said, the emails aren't heavy teaching, you know, from being on the list. It's not like, um, <clears throat> I think that's another issue. A lot of people pressure on themselves. They think they have to give the meaning of life in every single email <laughs> and has to blow people away with this 2000 word manifesto. My emails are a couple hundred words tops and I hope people get value from them, but it's not the meaning of life. If anyone thinks they're gonna get the meaning of life, don't subscribe to my email list. <laughs> That's awesome. So for, for that new coach who's starting out, I know one of the things I hear a lot is they don't know where to set their prices, where to set their rates. And I know that was something that I struggled with a lot was how do I position myself in the market and what is the value of what I'm offering and how do my rates reflect that? Right. Oh, I just had a session with a client a few hours ago. She's in the same boat, brand new client. And, uh, she's having trouble. She's not buying into what she's charging. And then that's affecting her. She's not putting her message out there uh, confidently or aggressively because she's not sold on that. And what I told her, <clears throat> same thing I'll, I'll tell your people is that it's a little bit of a Jedi mind trick where you have to trick yourself. And the toughest person to convince is a man or woman in the mirror, not anyone else. Once you're sure you're worth it and the value's there. So now that being said, if you're a brand new coach and you roll out and say, I want to charge Tony Robbins fees you know, <laughs> on day one, I'm not trying to say that, but my client in particular, it's not a high fee. I think she had a three month package for two grand, which isn't anything oh, crazy. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and I would love to see her bump it up more. And what I told her, I mean, you've got people who will pay that much or less to go down South to bomb their liver by a pool for a week. Right. And an all inclusive um, there was a black and white picture of a friggin' potato that sold a while back for 1.2 million or something. <laughs> no word of a lie. You can Google a uh, million dollar potato picture. You'll see that wow. uh, you see people buying just crazy stuff and <clears throat> she's doing something that can save their lives. It can extend their lives, reduce their stress, help their relationships, everything else. I said, you're charging too little, if anything. But uh, I think a lot of coaches have to realize that is um, not even just the business ones. Cause People have said to me, well, Mark, it's easy for you because you're a business coach and helping coach you. You can show the ROI, but I'm a health coach. So how can I do that? And I've mm -hmm. said, well, look, if you're a 50, uh, your person's a 55 year old lawyer who uh, is hundred pounds overweight is a ticking time bomb. Their heart could go in any moment. Uh, they're not getting their family stressed out. They don't know how long he's going to be around or whatever. You don't think that's worth a couple thousand dollars to save his life and extend it by 10 years with his family. Like if anything, coaches are too little when they're, when they're looking at how am I going to sell this, this fee or this package? Perfect. And is there, would you say there's a ceiling on that though? Like, is there, what would be too much do you think? Or is there such a thing? Well, Again, like I said, if you take it to uh, all the way there, it could be, well, hey, I want to charge a million dollars for an hour of my time. And um, if you could get that, all the power to you. I've never seen a coach that's been able to get that. So there is a little bit where you have to research. And when I say research the market, don't look too much and say, well, Joe and Mary are charging X amount, so I have to charge that much. Um, a lot of times coaches shoot themselves in the foot because they're charging too little. And then people look and think, well, gee, they're only charging 
you know, peanuts. So it's, there's not a lot of value there. Uh, for me personally, uh, I'll tell you the way I looked at it. My main program's called 10 clients in 90 days. And it, um, spoiler alert, it's how coaches can get 10 clients in 90 days. So the way I looked at it, um, the, it's a $5,000 program. But um, I said, well, okay, well, if coaches are getting 10 clients, um, conservatively speaking, we'll say $3,000 a client, that's $30,000. So it's a steal for them to get my program for five grand. I should probably be charging more. That's the way I look at it. But it's different for health coaches. Relation, uh, relationship coaches are a funny one because I remember years ago, there was a bumper sticker I saw when I was a kid. It said, love is grand, divorce is 20 grand. Now with oh, inflation awesome. and everything, now divorce is 200 grand or more. You got to add some zeros. But the point being that um, there is definitely an ROI there because if, especially an entrepreneur that has this growing business, they get a divorce, they lose half of everything that's a lot more than a couple thousand dollars. So uh, regardless of the niche you're in, you can show the ROI. It just might not be pure dollars and cents. It could be uh, years like time, which is more valuable than money actually, or it could be something else. Cool. Cool. So how did you come to setting your rates? Like what were some of the things that you looked at when you were new and just starting? Well, uh, I'll be honest, when I started, I didn't have packages, which is a mistake. I always recommend coaches don't go with single session type things. I know it can work in some cases, but usually it's too hard to cobble together if they're selling one session for X number of dollars. The mistake I made was I was charging month, having month to month. So I was charging only $500 back then. And that was $500 Canadian. You're Canadian, so you know that $500 (laughs) Canadian is about $75 American now. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Not not good. So I was charging $500 and um, not to knock everyone I was working with, but there were some people who were... um, uh, annoying clients <laughs> of some. And I had a client who was a what about Bob client, I call him. Anyone who remembers the Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus movie, what about Bob? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So if I didn't get back to him within two minutes of a message, he would be panicking and keeping at me or whatever. Uh, so I, I right there, I knew that, okay, I got to change this. $500 a month is too low. So I changed it to packages. Three months is what I go with now is my minimum. And then I bumped it up and I go in stages every six months. I reevaluate my pricing and, and I increase it. And there's always a little bit of hesitation because I think, well, gee, I'm selling it at the current price. I don't want to overprice mm. or whatever, but I, I've never regretted it. You know, once I'm selling at the new price, I'm like, man, I should have done that sooner. So there's a bit of a process, but I do think you, as a coach, you have to get beat up a little bit by bad clients <laughs> and crappy clients paying low amounts before you're in that headspace to crank it up. Absolutely. And so when you're evaluating every six months or so, what are some of the things that you look at? Well, good examples with my um, 10 clients in 90 days program, which I was running as a group for a long time. Uh, I went by $500 every time. So it started at a thousand then it went to 1500, 2000, 2500. It literally went up $500 every time to where it's at now at 5,000. I felt good with the 500. I mean, um, I could have probably pushed it more, but that was a feeling good for me. And I think that's a key is whatever price point you pick, you have to feel good about it. 
because if you don't feel good about it, I'm not a, you know, me, Terry, from being on my list, I'm not a woo-woo guy. I'm not into, you know, a lot of manifesting and crystals and energy vortexes and stuff. But I do, I do think that people can pick up on it if you're not feeling it and uh, that's not good. So whatever price you better be hundred percent certain on it and you better be able to fire it out. Like if you're worth every penny and more, if you're going to do it, but if there's any hesitation, um, you've lost, probably lost the prospect or the sale. Yeah, definitely. And I always find it's hard the first time you say that new price. Yeah. And well, then that's a, funny, that's just it. a funny story of a sales coach that I know was telling me that he cranked his fees up. And the first time he did a call with a prospect on the new fee. Now it wasn't a video call, by the way, he wouldn't be able to do this video call. It was an audio uh, call. And the guy said, so how much is it to work with you? And he said the new price and he literally had to put his fist in his mouth to keep him from, you know how the, the he's like, he said the price, but his, the temptations to then justify it and to try to oversell it. And he had his fist in his mouth and he said it was the longest 10 seconds of his life. There was dead air. And then after about 10 seconds, the guy said, great, how do I pay you? And he's like, Oh, and he breathed a sigh of relief but he literally had to put his fist in his mouth, which tells you how difficult it, it is with it. So fire it out there and then um, just be quiet. So another example, Robert Caro, who wrote um, some huge books about um, uh, Robert Moses, uh, the power broker. He wrote uh, books about Lyndon Johnson, some incredible books. He's won uh, awards and everything. I was listening to, uh, he, was, uh, he had a book about how he works. And he interviewed thousands and thousands of people for this book. He, for his books, he had to, whenever he asked a question, he was writing in his notepad, he put um, SU inside the notepad, which stands for shut up. And that was a reminder for him to shut up and not interrupt, like jump in. Cause there was so much silence when he had asked someone a question about Lyndon Johnson or whatever. And he, so he said, if you ever looked at his notepads, they would be filled with SU, 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 SU for shut up. And he got some of his best answers by embracing that silence and waiting. Perfect. I think that's excellent advice. Now I want to go back to something you had mentioned earlier is that if a coach, if they set their rates at too low, then a person might not perceive that there's a lot of value in that. Now I know that from experience because when I started coaching, I set my rates way too low and I didn't get clients. And then I doubled them and I started to get clients. Right. So is there like a sweet spot in there? And how do you, how do you start to communicate value? Well, it's tough because it's really the wild west. There's no people say to me, how much should I charge Mark? And I hate to say you could charge whatever you want, but it's almost that way. So it's a little different than if you're um, selling cars in, in your um, home city in British Columbia, there's a certain market. If you're selling a model a year, whatever, you can't just throw any price on it. You have to look, same thing goes with real estate or plumbing services or anything like, like that. With coaching, really, it can be all over the place um, with it, which makes it very difficult. So it's tough to say this is how much you should be charging for this niche. I mean, me personally, regardless of the coaching niche you're in, you, for your packages, I would like to see coaches at at least $1,000 a month U.S., for so if they're selling a three month package at least three thousand six month package at least six thousand now so that could scare off some coaches but that's prime time that's your most valuable time and then you can bump it up by the way don't stay at that 
But then you could have other options for group packages that are 50% of what you're charging for one-on-one because you're doing it one-to-many and, and it gives you that flexibility. Of course, you have digital products and so on. So one thing I had to really work on is I have an application form for calls when people want to book a, um, a strategy session with me, a discovery call. And there's a drop-down menu which says how much are you willing to invest to get help with the problem that you mentioned in the previous questions. And one of the drop-down menus, $0. And I had a lot, for a long time, was very tempted to still book the calls when someone said that $0, I have no money to invest because I'm like, ah, oh, gee, I don't want to be mean. Maybe it'll turn them into client or whatever. But then I started thinking, well, why do I even have this question on here if I'm not going to enforce it? So now when somebody says, I have no money for it, I'll, like I've had people tell me, Mark, I uh, declared bankruptcy two months ago or whatever. Like they don't have money to hire me, but what I'll st- do instead is I won't book the call, but I'll send them um, an email with re- free resources that I think can help them. Hey, look, here's some podcast um, interviews, which could help with those um, challenges that you mentioned. Uh, here's a free Facebook group. There's lots going on there. Here's something else. So that that's a difficult thing because a lot of coaches want to hop on that call and they want to feel busy, but you also have to have those bound- boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's incredibly important to yeah. set those boundaries. And do you find that there's a correlation between what the client pays and the results they get? Well, usually there is because we've all heard this, but if you have more skin in the game, you're going to spend more time and and put more energy into it. So if I suddenly charge nothing for my coaching, the results wouldn't be as good because people wouldn't be as invested. We, We just don't value what we're getting for free. So an example of that, I bought a program that Derek Halpern had years ago from uh, about blogging, even though I didn't go in that direction with it. But um, I think it was like $99 or $199, somewhere around $100 to $200. And it was collecting virtual dust on my computer. (laughs) And uh, if it was free, I would have never went back to it. And I said to myself, Mark, you spent a hundred bucks on it or whatever. You got to go back and do it. So I forced myself to do it. And even though I didn't go in the direction with uh, as hardcore blogging as that program was about, I got some really good nuggets from it. And I'm like, man, thank goodness I went back to it. But if I wasn't charging, I wouldn't, if he wasn't charging, I got for free, I probably wouldn't never have gone back to it. Yeah. I find that, I find that as well. I have a lot of those programs gathering virtual dust, as you said. <laughs> yeah, it's that, um, that dopamine drip. There's uh, people are hyper buyers. It's fun to buy a program. I've been there too. I'm like, uh, somebody does a great job, great webinar. Ooh, I got to buy this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, now I have to go through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was more fun to buy it. <laughs> totally. Now I want to ask you about, you posted something, I don't know if it was yesterday or the other day about coaches when they launch programs versus one-to-one coaching right I thought that was a really interesting perspective can you share with us a little bit about that yeah I think that was the one that I had sent uh, when coaches don't want to coach was that Mm -hmm. it yes yeah so so the issue in the coaching world nowadays is coaches are day one starting in the business and they're being told don't do one-to-one coaching because you're trading time for dollars and it's against the whole kind of four hour work week model where you can be doing your business on a laptop by the pool or on the beach and only working a handful of minutes here and there. 
And the, they, it's almost like a lot of new coaches don't ever want to um, coach people work directly with them. They just want to have hands off products and then they want to hear the PayPal bleeps and bings, dings coming through their phone. Oh, got another payment, got another payment. Now the issue with that, I mean, in a perfect world, I guess that would be great, but a couple things, it doesn't give you that experience with the clients coaching. And it's that actual direct coaching experience that's going to improve your products. It's going to improve your books right down the road, programs you launch or whatever. And you really lose out on that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with actually coaching people, you know, just like plumbers should be plumbing uh, or (laughs) I don't know, dog walkers should be walking dogs, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, As you get started, then when you fill your spots, then you add other offerings on. And that's how I did it with my business. I focused on filling my direct coaching spots one-on-one. Then I added a group program. Then I added do-it-yourself type video programs. People could go at their own pace. Then I added my print newsletter, you know, and, and I just went from there. But on day one, I didn't say, oh, I never want to coach anybody. I just want to create this $2,000 do-it-yourself type program. Yeah. And that's a mistake I think a lot of coaches are getting into. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people selling that dream where you can make uh, seven figures in a month working five minutes a day from your hot tub. And it's all BS. And um, I hoping that they weed themselves out of the industry, the people selling that stuff. I have to hope that the people's yeah. substance are left, but we'll see. Yeah. See how that goes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think I really like that. And I know when I read that from you, that really clicked for me because I still coach one-to-one and I enjoy the one-to-one experience because that's also where I get a lot of, a lot of insight and knowledge that then goes to create a product. Yeah. You start to see those common trends and clients and you go, okay, this is a common thing. I could maybe package that into something. Well, I mentioned in my email, a few of my programs I've created came from clients asking how to do it. So I have a program around Facebook groups. I got asked so many times, how do you grow and monetize a Facebook group when people saw what I was doing with mine? Uh, Daily emails are asking me about that. So in a way I'm being lazy. I could create the program and then I go over to the sales page and take care of it. But there's no way in a, in a, um, 20 word or 50 word answer, I'm going to be able to type out a message and tell you how you can monetize daily emails properly. It takes more than that. But had I not been talking with people directly, those programs probably would have never been created. I just was feeding a starving crowd. I'd heard enough people asking me about it. Awesome. I'm in your Facebook group and I have to say that's an amazing, amazing community that you've built. Yeah, it's a fun group. Um, I, I sometimes need a bulletproof vest. I get beat around a little bit if I put out something that, that people don't like, but it's hard to get 16,000 people agreeing with you. So yeah, yeah, I would much rather do that with any of my content and stir the, uh, rock the boat sometimes and poke the bear than just do boring stuff. Cause you know, a lot of coaches are doing, they're just posting the kitten hanging on the clothesline, <laughs> hang in there and, and other bland motivational quotes and just so they don't offend anybody. And, I could post the sky is blue. I'll probably offend some people with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what would be the best way for people to contact you if they want to learn more about what you do and reach out to you? Yeah. So the Facebook groups at thatcoachingjungle.com, you can swing on there. The main website is naturalborncoaches.com. There's over 600 podcast episodes and uh, lots of content on there. So that's naturalborncoaches.com. And then my program's 10clients90days.com. And that's a numeric 10, 10clients, numeric90days.com.
Perfect. I'll post all of those links in the show notes for anyone who would like to learn more about what Mark does. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Terry. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, leave your five-star iTunes review, share it with your friends. And as always, I hope you have a fantastic day.